All right, welcome to Let's Chat About It. My name is Lenore Sneva. I'm with Max Brown. Before we bring on Amber Coleman, we are going to talk about our like favorite show we're watching right now. So Max, yep. you want to go first? Yeah, we are. Shannon and I, my wife, we've got four kids. They're small. There's not a whole lot of TV consumption happening right now. But the one show that like, this is a good example. We're watching a seven episode miniseries. On what? I think we've watched three. Yeah, I think we've I think we've watched three episodes. We started it like a month ago. That's, oh, it's taking, <laughs> it's taking us a second. <laughs> but we're watching uh, a murder at the end of the world. Um, oh. And so, so I think it's like a Hulu FX kind of a thing. Okay. Shannon's a big like if if she's if she's doing something around the house, it's murder show is on in the background. And so um, right. she likes Dateline. Yeah, yeah she's a Dateline person. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we, we've we tried this one out and it's pretty interesting. It's kind of like a younger woman who is kind of an amateur sleuth, but a technology person. There's all kinds of artificial oh, intelligence, you know, themes in the background and it's a murder mystery. It's it's intriguing. I'm not I can't really give it like a, everybody should go watch it because I'm three episodes in. No, no. <laughs> Exactly. I don't want people coming back and be like, that was a waste of my time. Um, so I'm, you're already giving us plenty of your time with this with this podcast. And I need you to go consume other media that I can't fully hey. endorse. So well, I have about, one. That yeah, what, are you, like, what are you watching? Well, I just I was listening to Karen Hunter. She's on um, Sirius XM. And um, and she who, was is, she? who is she? Who, who is this? I never this is someone I, I'm not familiar with. Oh, yeah. So uh, she's just a journalist and she's also okay. like a professor and um, really strong black activist. Um, okay. And she's super funny. Anyway, so she's got a show and she was I think Fridays she does her like top five shows or something like that. Okay. So she was one of number three was um, called uh, High on the Hog. And right. it's this documentary. It's, well, it's kind of a documentary Okay. It's kind of like a Anthony Bourdain kind of thing where it's a chef okay. and he is kind of tracing the roots of African American food. So it's not like a it's not like a drama series. It's like an no. actual okay, a little it's more a, educational documentary. Yeah. So the, the first things. I, I yeah. just literally just like an hour and a half ago just watched the first um the first episode. So I'm, and, I'm and you're hooked. And you're but hooked. I like it. And it's and it's um powerful because he's in yeah. West Africa where there were slaves that you know left from that spot i think it's benin yeah. the the city and he's in the market and he's walking around with um the person who wrote high on the hog can't remember her name but they're just kind of like talking about the origins of some of the food like okra is from africa like it's mm. it's like that's where it's from and the yams and there's other black eyed peas so all that that mm. food that we traditionally eat and like a soul food in america um, yeah, from Africa, and so he's just kind of going wow. through that. But he's also like talking about the history of what happened and the slaves, mm -hmm. and uh, so anyway, it's powerful, and um, I'm excited to, and I've got like two whole seasons to watch. So, and Chef, what's Chef's name again? Um, Stephen Satterfield. And where is he? Does he have his own restaurant someplace? I don't know. You're asking me a lot of questions. I'm like, I if I'm watching a cooking show with a chef, I got to figure out where that restaurant is. Yeah, and the they're also, go they go eat too. So that's kind of cool because okay. they, they go to a couple and... restaurants. They went to like a pretty traditional Af West African kind of restaurant. And then they also okay. went to one where the chef, you know, is trained in France and he does more gotcha. modern African, West African food. Oh. So they're kind of showing, showing different ways to do it. Oh, it's really good. Anyway, interesting. Highly awesome. recommend it. All yes. right. 
Awesome. All right. Well, I think it's time to bring Amber on. Absolutely. We've been talking about her like almost every episode since we started. So I know. <laughs> the highly anticipated debut. <laughs> yeah. Amber's coming. And we work with her. So, all right. Let's bring Amber on. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. All right. Amber, it's so nice to see you. Welcome to Let's Chat About It. Um, can you tell us a little bit about you? Well, thank you for having me. And as you can tell, this is, I'm wearing a full on headset with this really upgraded microphone because this is all in for my 18 year old son. So that's one thing about me, <laughs> Lenora, is I have a gamer uh, in my household and I'm very grateful for tech support. Um, <laughs> I also have uh, another adult child and we live in Ridgefield, Washington, and we're a military family. So we were Coast Guard for about 12 years, moved around, and I'm here in Clark County. I'm never moving. So just um, a little synopsis. Are you sure you're never going to move? No. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Amber, okay, so this is like the million-dollar question here. Mm. Um, when did you first know that you were different? I've been thinking about this question, and I went on a walk today. And um, a couple things came to mind. You know, it's funny when you look look back on like memories and like, did it happen that way? But right. I, uh, real quick, so I'm adopted from my father's side and my, I don't have any memories, core memories of my birth father. And my grandfather was really a, a father figure for me. And I just loved him. He was a hunter. He was loud. Um, I probably because he had gun ear, so everything was really <laughs> loud. Um, and I just, I was kind of his sidekick. He'd take me to Denny's all the time. Um, he would draw out these really cool, elaborate landscapes on napkins. And I remember I actually kept one. And so I just really loved my grandpa. But I didn't really understand sometimes when we'd see maybe someone who didn't look like him, some of the language he would use. And specifically, I remember a slur um, around Mexican immigration. Yeah. And at the time as a child, you know, it's not good, but you kind of, I think I just logged it away. Mm -hmm. And I knew that he loved me, but I also knew that I looked different from the rest of my family. And so, oh, I just dropped my earring. Oh, sorry. So um, that was something for me that I just remember feeling a little bad and I wasn't sure why I felt bad. And um, we, I'm going to date myself. So there was this photo, everyone, all these families would get um, their photograph through Olin Mills. Oh yeah. It was, oh yeah. <laughs> At the mall or whatever. Oh yeah. yeah. Or, or Olin Mill studio, or I don't even oh, remember right, now. Yeah. yeah. So it was the thing. And I remember my, we got our family portrait. Um, my mom got remarried um, and my siblings uh, were very fair, blonde hair, light skinned. And um, I remember the picture being up on the wall and it was just this little picture, perfect family. And then there was me. <laughs> I just, I got, I could, we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about the yeah. fact that I had a, um, a father from, you know, I had a different father than my siblings. We never talked about it. It was like this, this really poor secret 
Yeah. Because if yeah. you looked at us, obvious you could tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of played along because I just, I didn't want to be different. I wanted mm -hmm. to be, I wanted to fit in the picture. Mm -hmm. And I knew, but looking at it, it's kind of, but I didn't. And so that just kind of always stuck with me. So in Lenore, or pardon me, Amber, you you grew up in California, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? I don't claim that often, Max, but thanks okay. for bringing it up. And, and we were, <laughs> we're recording it now. Um. <laughs> well, now, now I'm curious why you don't like to why you don't like to, to claim that. I think there was, you know, stigma of oh, California. It's moving up to the Northwest and ruining our. Oh, oh but you've been here. You've been here a hot picture. minute. Yeah, yeah. We, I have been here a hot minute. Uh, it's yeah, not like you moved so to Seattle. I, you moved to Clark County. All right. That's, yeah, that's and I grew up. Yeah, I grew up with a lot of intersections where, um, you know, private Christian school is all of my background. Um, I never had to worry about a meal or clothing like basic needs and i would even say wants were very much taken care of we lived in a fluent area and you know when we talk about that first question lenora um we had a nanny and the nanny um was from mexico spoke spanish was speaking spanish speaking first and i remember wanting to create separateness that i was the family. I was part of my siblings. Mm -hmm. I wasn't that. And so, and that was, I would say, whether that was the intent or not, mm -hmm. that was kind of encouraged that I would, mm -hmm. there was really no, I was my family's last name and there was pride in that and that's it. And there should be no questions. So even with um, all around me, like even with our, the people who are doing our landscaping. I mean, there was kind of this, right. yeah, this, this, I, I could see it and I didn't want to recognize it. And I wanted to create mm -hmm. distance because I think they're in inherently, I felt like that was not okay. Like it was a shame. Right. And so, yeah. yeah. And no one talked about it. Right. It sounds like no. no one, like your mom never said, well, you know, this person, they look different because they're from here and we're going to respect them just like we respect our white neighbors. Like that conversation never happened. Race was definitely not any, any subject that was comfortable in my home. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Do you, do you have any hypothesis of why that was or an inkling of kind of why that you had this world's worst kept secret? <laughs> Yeah. Well, that would be for my therapist to really talk to you about. Um, I, what have you learned? Three <laughs> I think one of the, the wonderings now looking back, um, the intersection for me that, or the, the narrative that my family really held to was upper white middle class and what that needed to look like and it was judeo-christian and what that needed to look like and so there was no room for beyond that which what is what's kind of a a complexity to this is that we would do outreach so i remember going to mexico to do outreach mm -hmm. for the people mm -hmm. who needed us <laughs> um and so that it, it it had to fit within this very spiritualized context. And I say this tongue in cheek, but, um, you know, I think it was a lot of colonized spirituality. And mm -hmm. so 
it just kind of perpetuated. And I, and I, I think that's why language to me is so important when I say I'm a follower of Brown Jesus. And I say this in humor sometimes, but I also say in sincerity because unfortunately I have seen the um, diminishing of individuals if they don't fit within this narrative. Mm -hmm. And um, even with good intention, even we're going to go help those people, creates an othering that is diminishing. And then, and you're kind of, I mean, it's fascinating to hear this because then you're, you're stuck in the middle of, mm-hmm. I look like the people that you are othering mm-hmm. and it's comfortable for, for you. It sounds like your family's very comfortable othering people who look like you and then you have would, to reconcile yeah. your, your still family. Well, and as an adult, I remember going back to this worst kept secret mm-hmm. and talking to my siblings, my half siblings. So I have half siblings on both my both my parents' side. And I've been able, I've been fortunate now to meet all of them. So mm-hmm. even though I was adopted, I was able to meet my biological father as an adult. And um I remember showing the sibling, one sibling in particular who I grew up with in the same home, a picture of my biological father. And just kind of this like, oh. And it was kind of this quiet, like, Hmm. I was like, yeah, that's, I mean, you, it's definitive proof. This is, this is what, (laughs) this is why I don't look like you, but even that it kind of was crickets. And I think that Mm -hmm. was, that was, you know, a hard conversation Mm -hmm. because I was breaking that code, if you will, the unspoken Mm -hmm. rule. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Is there, is there, um, is there something that you would want to say? to Amber, mm. five-year-old Amber. Oh, I think she would have just used, could have used a really big hug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yeah. curious. Oh, go ahead, Lenore. No, no, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, I'm, I'm still, I'm kind of curious about this family history too, because you, what you'd mentioned, Amber, was you had this, your family kind of had this neat box that they had to, live within and in the narrative of of who they were and and how they experienced the world. And I'm Mm kind of curious um, if you were to go back maybe two or three, one or two generations from the family that you were raised in, what did, do you know much about what that family looked like and and what their story was? So I have to say, I'm really grateful for DNA testing (laughs) during uh, COVID. Until uh, they find out that you're a murderer. So just, (laughs) Just remember this. I, I know you I listen to gotta, date. I know you listen to Dateline. So it's a risk I gotta be willing to take. So I <laughs> I went down that road and I pulled at that wild hair. And I would say, um, that was a real for me. It was a liberation of a take back mm. of, of what my own story was, and it allowed me to. I think even just the information, it kind of took away the emotion of it for a minute of this mm. inherent shame, and I was able to find out I'm 10 different ethnicities. And I was able to look at that and I was able to um, find, you know, um, documentation and names and birth dates. And, um, you know, I think, so from my father's side, my grandfather immigrated from the Philippines and he met my grandmother at a Mm -hmm. fairly young age and her still a little unclear, but she is indigenous to the, um, 
Durango Zacatecas region in Mexico. But if you look on a map, because in indigenous tribes, they're nomadic by nature. I mean, it spans almost all of Texas, almost all of California, Nevada, New Mexico, Arizona. Like, um, mm -hmm. so when people ask, I get, that's another piece working for the state is like, well, are you part of a federally recognized tribe? And I have to say, no, I've been recognized by the Chiricahua Apache. But again, there's complexity in that because I feel like it's another um, component of trying to diminish my story. Mm -hmm. Like there's room for me in this as well, even if I don't fit a box of how right. the state defines um, yeah. tribes or. And so that's been part of my own um in fact, I'm wearing today, I'm wearing a couple pieces from like a little indigenous marketplace I got to go to um, last month with my my oldest and celebrating their birthday. And so I think there's just ways that, you know, it's very, it's quiet and it's personal. And there's, you know, I our stories are sacred to ourselves, but finding those little bits of how do we celebrate and be authentic in that and and facilitate, I think for me, my take back is facilitating the curiosity and not feeling like I have to dial myself down anymore. I get right. to mm -hmm. lean into that. And celebrate it. It mm -hmm. sounds like, you know, I, right. I mean, when I hear you talk, I, it's a celebration. You're just, you keep That's right. going to powwows and going to events where people are there that look like you and mm -hmm. you have that same background and you're just celebrating who you are, yeah. which is really yes. special. And I think, I mean, just to go back a little bit to five-year-old Amber who needed a hug mm -hmm. um, and five-year-old Amber also needed an advocate. She needed someone to tell her that this is, we're so happy you're in our family, that you look mm -hmm. the way you look. Um, let's find out more about, you know, your background and what makes you look the way you look. It's so special. It's so important. My, my mother-in-law um, is white and my kids are mixed. And, um, and so she's, she's always celebrating it. Like she's always like finding little things to give them that have <laughs> um, black people on there, like black women. Mm -hmm. She just, mm -hmm. she knitted a uh, Michelle Obama cross stitched. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and give it to the girls. <laughs> she's like, she just, and so that's what Amber needed that, you know, mm -hmm. and I know mm -hmm. that you're giving that to your children now, which is so special, but I just want to acknowledge that, like, I want to give you a hug right now. Like, oh, <laughs> man, I, we just need to take, we need to take care of each other. We really do. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is, it's kind of this weird paradigm. I'm like, I really, I, I want to be, um, I, I just really appreciate you sharing this story, Amber, in, in your story. And it's this, it's, it's this weird conundrum that I'm hearing, which is as a kid, you, you knew that you were being othered even by your own family. And that was challenging, mm -hmm. but, but no one would talk about it. And it, and you, if I remember correctly, you wanted to not be on the outside. You wanted to kind of assimilate right. and be a part of this family. And now you're like, yep. <laughs> I need to know everything that makes me different because I want to celebrate that because no That's one, right. no one saw it. No one wanted to, it was no kind of it. flipping, flipping that, as you said, um, that, in, that feeling of inherent shame of who you mm -hmm. were and saying, why would I, why would I feel, why would I feel that way for who I am and not be celebrated for the uniqueness that is Amber Coleman? And it's just, and really I can't powerful. really take credit for it though. Like it was my oldest who said, uh, 
we're all done with this nonsense. And, <laughs> you know, and I kind of had to own the ways mm -hmm. I was unfortunately perpetuating the same othering mm -hmm. because I couldn't give what I didn't have. And so there was a grieving process for me of recognizing um, when one of my kids asked me like, why never, why didn't you ever talk about race with us? Mm -hmm. And I was like, cause I didn't know how. Yeah. And so it's, you know, I think that's part of my own healing and, and um, owning like that to your point, Max, like assimilation for me was a survival. And as a child, mm -hmm. you know, you, it, it, I think that's what I tell my five-year-old self is yeah. like, it's okay. Like, it's okay it's okay. Yeah. And I think I live, I'm in this really great opportunity now in my, in my career and in um, my community where this is part of actually ways that I show up in spaces. And so I, if you, if, if you will, like it's, I'm, I'm, I'm exercising that muscle and making it stronger. Yeah. I think you bring up a really beautiful point too in that, which is you said to your daughter, like, you can't, yeah, you don't can't, you can't give what you don't have. And I think right, that's yeah. like, I don't, I, as a, as a parent, my kids are, I, I think um, I'm the, my kids are the youngest of between the three of us, but it is that realization of like, these are skills I'm trying to impart for my kids that I don't have yet. And these are skills mm -hmm. that just from my own upbringing that like this, <laughs> The older I get, the more I realize I'm a lot like my parents and I was never <laughs> going to be like my parents. Um, but, that, <laughs> but to start to own that and see like, yeah. where, where is it that I need to grow and where is it that I need to, to self-reflect and change? And it's, mm -hmm. you had a, a very powerful, it, it sounds like you've had a very powerful experience in going through that because it, I, I can only imagine it was, it felt at times pretty lonely to be, mm -hmm. you know, five, 10 yeah. year old Amber. <laughs> it was okay to be like, I, I was in a way people would be like, Oh, you look different. Or they would weigh in of what are you? Or, Oh, I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Or I didn't see that. And I, and I couldn't really even answer the question clearly. Um, I would mm. get a lot like, Oh, you don't look like your mom because I didn't. And yeah. um, you know, I think for me, it was the, the knee jerk response was a bit, you know, it was like almost like, I don't know if this is a word, but like, Oh, you're so exotic. Like, oh, yeah. like mm. you know, it just, it, it, people were trying to fit me in their box. And yes. I think I started giving them too much ownership of that. Mm -hmm. And mm. so now it's like, regardless of what we're weighing, like that doesn't hold water for me because I'm the one that's walking in this body. And so it's, how do I honor that? And mm -hmm. I think we're not, it's never, we're never too old and too late to, your story is constantly changing and that's yeah. there's beauty to that yeah. i was yeah. talking about something similar to this uh recently and um just about like you know when maybe someone from a different race doesn't know the race of the person and maybe mm -hmm. doesn't know them at all and then they they ask those questions Mm -hmm. especially when people are mixed race and they're multiple races, mm -hmm. you know, what would you, what would you advise people to do if they're curious? <laughs> and I know this is just your perspective, but I yeah. think it's important though, but. I mean, maybe ask yourself why, <laughs> like, yeah. is it important to like, is it curious to take a curiosity? Because I, there are times where, you know, I think in working in an equity world and that's my background is, um, and I think Lenore, we've talked about this is like listening more than we're talking. Mm -hmm. 
and um were not extractive in terms of like is is it for, out of i mean i i think a lot of times out of good intention like i worked in a right. school district and i had these kids and they'd be like, what are you? We really want to know. And so, it, you know, out of, yeah. and so we'd have these big conversations later on. And it actually brought me a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that just being mindful that people's stories yeah. are their stories. And sometimes we don't get to know. And that's also okay, too. Like, exactly. <laughs> we, sometimes we had to earn the trust. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That's, I think that's a good, uh, there's a good, uh, comparison there when like when an adult asks that question versus when a kid asks the question and to your point like there's a genuine curiosity with a six or seven year old's like where like i've never seen someone that looks like you you must be from someplace else i'm really curious yeah and i think for adults it's i need to know who you are so i can fit you into a box Mm, and i can make all my stereotypes so i know how to interact with you and whether Mm -hmm. you're going to be somebody who i should be friends with and it's not about like I'm curious about your story and your background yeah. and it's, I need to figure yeah. out how I can stereotype you really quickly to make my judgments and then move on. Yeah. And there's no curiosity in that. That's just like, yeah. I think you said it there just a moment well, ago, Amber. It's, it's, it's nosy. extractive. It's nosy. Yeah. It's being nosy. Yeah. <laughs> I need to own asked, your story. Yeah. Someone asked me the other day, they said, what's your superpower? And I had to think about it. And I think, I think I'm ethnically ambiguous. And before, like, I, I would be like, I'm kind of, kind of own it. Like there's times where I can like check almost every box that's like given to me. And it's just like, yes. And, you know, um, it's just a journey and it's my own journey. And I, and it, I'm hopeful, like we think about legacy, you know, part of the reason why I'm leaning into this as, as much as I am too, is I want my kids to have a sense of where they came from and know that like, I'm, like this is important to me too. And so it's, it's, yeah, we're going to talk about it. I think that's the shift. There we go. Yeah. We're going to chat about it. Yeah. But say, gonna you're going to talk it. about it and we're going to chat about it. Yeah. Chat about it. <laughs> that's well, right. Yeah. Amber, thank you so much for yes. joining us and sharing your story and sharing your heart and really appreciate you. I appreciate you both as well. Thank you for having me and and thank you for your grace with all the tech support. I just feel like I'm all like wired in right now. So I'll take good. it. You're, you're, kind of, you're kind of a natural with, with the headset and then the yeah. okay. nice big mic. I'll take it. Just going to go play some Modern now. Warfare now. Just going to go get Modern Warfare, <laughs> Call of Duty or whatever that is. Get get set up. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. Thank you so much, Amber. <laughs> all right. We'll take thank care. Bye. Bye. Well, that was so nice to to meet Amber. We've been talking about her for a couple of weeks now, and um, just hearing her story was so moving. There's pieces yeah. that I had never heard before, so I was equally yeah. just yeah touched. Yeah, no, there's a there's a, and I think that's the conversation, at least for me, that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, I'm walking away and still unpacking. Um, yeah, there's just so much depth to it, and I think that's. Um, I think one of the things that's that I'm really processing right now is actually the part of that last part of the conversation around just asking people, you know, where are you from? And, uh, or, you know, what I'm more of a, where are you from? Not a, what are you? But I know that that in some ways can sounds the same. It sounds very similar. And I think for me, what's interesting is, um, I am curious about it. So I, you know, as a reminder, I've, I've moved across the country, born and raised in Washington. I now live in a suburb of Augusta, Georgia, and for me, it, it, I want to know where people are from, regardless of 
regardless of who they are, because we're also a really big military community. Right. And, um, and I think it like, did you grow up in the South? Did you grow up in this community? Did you grow up someplace entirely different? And what is that, what does that context and experience mean for you? And how much do you know the history and how much of that is embedded in your knowledge of, of this, of the place that you live in the, and to me, it's, I think it's a, it is a curiosity. It's helpful to have that, that check of, is this about me or is this about curiosity and really wanting to know somebody? Because it's, it almost feels rare where we're from to meet somebody who is from this community. Like a lot of people are from all over the country. So it's, uh, but checking myself and thinking through what's the, why am I asking those questions? Yeah, why am I asking? Why do I yeah, want to know? Yep, yeah, exactly. Am I, am I being nosy or is this yeah. information going <laughs> to? Yeah. Is this something that I'm like, am I actually trying to cultivate a, a, a genuine yeah. authentic relationship or am I just being, yeah, am I just being nosy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which people will tell you. People will tell you you are being nosy in, in this part of the country. So that's that's good. They're direct. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, it was so again, I was just so good to talk to Amber. Um just what was your yeah. what was your what was your big takeaway today, Lenore? Um or what's what's gonna resonate think, with you? I think just what's resonating with me, it kind of goes along with what I was I was listening to Jamar Tisby last weekend and he actually had, um, it's on YouTube, and he was interviewing two, uh, a white couple that lives in Texas mm-hmm. that had adopted a black son, but also had a biological son. Mm-hmm. And when the son was around 12, they kind of were like, oh, we thought we had it. We thought we had this down. And then there's so many police mm. against black cr- crimes, hap- like violence and murders, yeah, and, yeah. that they were like, we have to talk to him. And everyone was telling him, you've got to talk to your son. And so... To have that conversation but i think it was humbling for them because they thought oh no we got this yeah and yeah. i think that's really important when you adopt i think it's important when you are raising um mixed children mixed race children um or raising children in a different like in a different area where you don't really like you kind of stand out yeah because you got to talk about race you got to talk about how you're different and yeah. and celebrate it and not yeah. and not make them ashamed and i feel like that's kind of the story that you know i heard from amber was like no one celebrated who i was they didn't celebrate my brown yeah. skin they were just yeah kind of like pushed it aside and so i that's what's and and, and and even more it's like even more than just pushed it aside it was like please do not associate yeah please do not please do not embrace this and yeah, yeah. that's so sad that's just yeah. horrible so when i yeah no i i will say this too i, I think it's it's a it's an it's fascinating the gymnastics that we do in our minds to mm-hmm. justify these things. Oh yeah. Because I mean, like literally there, this is a family who had to figure out how do I, how do I embrace and love somebody who looks a certain way while also pushing away anybody yeah. else who's not my family that looks that way. Right. And, and, and somehow be okay That's with so that. so exhausting. Oh man. Boy, and yeah. What a double yeah. standard. Yeah. Ugh. But I think you, but you bring up a great point, which is like, we've got to, that's part of, you know, I think why, why you've, you started this is mm-hmm. let's chat about it. Let's have the conversation. Let's not pretend yeah. like it, it doesn't exist. And exactly. we can, instead of just trying to figure out, you know, what somebody is so we can put them in a box. Let's hear, right. let's hear a story and understand yeah. who they are. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks for creating the space, Lenora. I really, of course. Is, thanks for joining for being me. a part of it. Absolutely. <laughs> 
All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Um, we have, you know, new people coming next week. And then I think the other part that I want to just remind you to, to subscribe. We're on YouTube also, if you want to watch it on YouTube and then Spotify and all the podcast platforms. And again, if you want to be on the show, please uh, email us. It's in the show yeah. notes. So even if you're care. like, maybe I want to be on the show, that means you want to be on the show. You do. Come on, let's go. Let's do it. Let's talk. Let's hear your story. Let's share. All right. <laughs> Take care. Bye.